0: Thanks for the great show, guys. Um, I listen to it while I'm trying to fall asleep. (laughs) And it often works. And it often (laughs) works wonders. And when I don't fall asleep, I learn something new. What's up, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, we're going to tackle a ton of your listener questions, switching from a fast-acting compound like NPP to a longer acting compound like DECA? How do you handle your nutrition while in post-cycle therapy? Is trend good for sports like rugby or American football? The benefits of Cialis for bodybuilding, can we call it a PED? How would you go about peaking for a photo shoot, fixing low HDL from being on a cycle? What would you pick in your home gym, a reverse hyper or a leg press? If you're new to our content, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Lots of education and entertainment from IVP pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry we're all here to have some fun keep you safer and help you to reach your goals faster all right guys let's get to the show What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally, and all of our programming is brought to you by you, the awesome people at Patreon. We're brought to you by evalbloodanalysis.com. Get your lab work done by Dave. We're also brought to you by um, supplementsource.ca. You can uh, head out over there if you're in Canada get great deals. Strong Sports Nutrition, for those of you in the U.K., awesome health supplements there and truenutrition.com for our us people use our code think dave we had a bunch of q a from the previous episodes that we were going to power through how do you feel about that oh one more thing though before we start um you're getting ready to do another pillars of strength
1: well i'd like to but i've got nobody on here at the moment
0: <laughs> okay
1: So, yeah, Pillars is a seven-week course. It's roughly two hours each session. We do one session a week. They are recorded. You get to keep the recordings, and there's some handouts as well that become useful. Uh, And we work through every aspect of of training. So we we look at diet. That's probably the thing we go into the least in depth, to be honest, because it's a subject I think is very much overdone. Uh, We look at training and muscle stimulation, and you get a, a library of exercise techniques with that. We look at what drugs are how drugs work, how they affect you managing sides, reading blood work, blood work in relation to drugs, um, and planning cycles in relation to body type, goal, and blood work. Um, And I say it's seven weeks, um, and it's 600 UK, great British pounds. It's a 50-pound deposit, and then you can pay the rest in installments throughout the duration of the course if you want.
0: Nice all right
1: it's it's most people that have done it that have been coaches have found it useful for just expanding their knowledge around cycle design and stuff like that for clients
0: yeah all right well listen we got a bunch of questions here i'll just dive straight into the top this is one that I, i'd like to break this down because i think there could be some problems with how he put this together to begin with maybe we could discuss that um he says, true performance. He says, says, um, I have a question for you guys. I'm currently taking 500 tests, 400 NPP. I would like to transition into long Ester Deca, but would like to avoid the drop in my levels if possible. How would you go about doing this transition?
1: I'd do a short Deca.
0: Okay. And then what would you do with the NPP?
1: Maybe overrun by a week max.
0: Yeah, you could start reducing the NPP. You know? Yeah, I
1: mean you you could you could. The thing is, DECA's is going to peak in the system, blood plasma wise, in thirty six hours. So boom, it's going to be straight up there. Okay, and then it will just start to decay on that point. Because you already have an existing baseline of nandrolone, it is going to sit on top of that. You, you you're not right. putting in a different compound; you're putting in the same compound. It's just its durability's changed. It's yeah, you know, its half life's changed. So you will have a very high peak when you had in the Deca and then you'll get a much more rapid drop off as the MP clears and then the curve will start to level out as he drops into the Deca uh, dispersion so I I don't know if it's particularly really necessary to, to overrun the MPP by much but if you were worried about it you could possibly do half dose for a week
0: I'd probably do that. Like, it's probably not mathematically equal. You know what I mean? But I would probably start cutting my NPP in half, and then introduce the deca, and then by the second week or middle of the second week, start maybe either reduce the NPP further or just take it out at that point.
1: I mean, you could you could do a taper on and a taper off. You taper the deca up and you taper the NPP off as you go. But I I, I think. The real world impact of any of this is not going to be that dramatic either way. I mean, if you yeah. quite literally said, right, Monday I'm doing MPP, I'm starting DECA Monday, and I'm not going to bother with the MP again, I don't think you'd see a major real world impact in how you felt or anything yeah. else that was going on. I think you'd probably find your steamrolled it quite. But saying that, this is something I am noticing recently. Um, there seems to be more people having. Emotional sensitivity around Decker.
0: Really? Hmm.
1: Huh. Uh, I don't know if this is driven by just the individuals, as in the the makeup of people that are using, or if it's more driven by the drug use. And it's just that we're seeing it more commonly now, because I think we do see Decker used a lot more than we used to, particularly as an MPP format.
0: Sure. There's a lot more MPP than there used to be.
1: Yeah. Um... And MPP seems to be much wider accepted, whereas DECA seems to be almost frowned upon. You know, you've got all the negatives still associated with DECA. That hasn't translated across to MPP.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, you know, you don't hear people talking about MPP dick. Yeah. Um, which, really, in, in theory, should be exactly the same. It's the same frigging compound. Uh
0: I would prefer uh, to go from... If I was going to transition from one to the other, I'd almost prefer to transition from long to short. Hmm. You know? I don't know. I'd go do that I, way. D- or I'd even just go to another compound. I mean, it, unless Dekka is so special to him. I, I don't know. It just you, It just doesn't seem may- well planned.
1: Well, chances are he's probably he's probably started a cycle. He's in he's put he's gone on MPP because he wasn't sure I'd to react to it. He's found he's reacting well to it and, and wants to continue it But he's got That's possible.
0: Yeah, that's possible. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um I, I at the risk of sounding grumpy old fart, which yeah. I know obviously is a concern. I would never want to be visioned as a grumpy old fart. I mean it's just so far away from my natural cheery <laughs> character. <laughs> Why are you laughing?
0: Oh I uh I th- just thought of something funny and it didn't have anything to do with our show. It was something oh, okay. from uh, the, oth- yeah, the other the yeah. other day. I just yeah, was it came to me.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, don't you think people overthink this shit?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah they do.
1: And I think to a degree they almost create problems because they, they get so fixated on what could go wrong that they they quite literally manifest it. Or, or they see it in things that aren't really there, you know. Or I feel really low to go, Yeah, well, we're probably just having a shitty day, mate.
0: Although yeah. no,
1: it, it it must be this, that, or the other. Really?
0: Yeah, that's possible. I, I, I do I don't think, know. I do think there is that. I, I, but at the same time, man, you know, I, I have talked to so many people that have had issues specifically with DACA. Oh, um yeah, I'm not, I'm not you know.
1: disputing it happens, but then there's yeah. another argument of. Yeah, but it's probably always happened, but you just used to, you know, it's decade, It's fine, it's what it is. And I know it's nothing to worry about. And just got your head down and cracked on with it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just sometimes I think that, that you know, you are taking drugs that are f- flipping about with you. See, I didn't swear. See, I was good, good. Un- unlike you earlier on. Um, no, I've just been invited to a Bentley sales event. Oh, very nice um i do wonder sometimes if if um you know we we expect too much of an easy ride when we're messing with drugs that mess with our hormones
0: yeah i could see that all right let's rapid fire some of these zed says hey scott and dave great show question for the next episode while doing a standard pct it's going to be six weeks of hcg clomid and novadex after a bulk cycle um Should I keep increasing my calories during PCT or should I keep calories the same as the last week of the cycle? Thanks, guys. How do you handle the food after you finish an an off-season cycle, Dave?
1: I I would keep it the same. And I think mm, a lot of people attempted to drop it. Uh, And at the end of the day, if you were needing that amount of calories to sustain your mass (laughs) on cycle, you're definitely going to need them post because you're not going to be nitrogen retentive and you're not going to hold protein as well. Yeah, um, there is argument that potentially you could need to increase it, but I think most people are excessive with the protein anyway. Yeah, so there's usually plenty of leg room, plenty of headroom there from a protein intake point of view.
0: Especially for a guy who's not going to have any hormonal support outside of what his body's trying to produce naturally, you know, you're, you're you're in a position where you could put on fat, but generally, man, when you come off cycle. You're no longer as round and full as you used to be, but any fat you gained is still there. So now you might not be stretching the sleeves on your shirts out as much, but your belly is still the same size. It's like, you're right. People do get tempted. No, man. Now I need to cut the calories. I definitely would avoid, you know, cutting yourself shy there.
1: I've just realized something. What's that? I'm not fat. I'm full.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You get you a t-shirt that says that. All right. So, uh, let's see. Thanks for the great show, guys. Um, I listen to it while I'm trying to fall asleep. <laughs> and it often works. And it often works wonders. And when I don't fall asleep, I learn something new. I wonder if he'll be awake when he hears this. This would be a point where he'd be ready for suggestion. You know what I mean?
1: That, that is the most backhanded insult stroke compliment I've
0: heard in a long while. <laughs> this is good. i currently recomping for powerlifting, and I train rugby. And I've noticed that 300 milligrams of E and 300 milligrams of E fits both purposes better than um, knuckles fit loudmouth uh, loud size. That's a really good, I like that. Um, I get stronger every season, every session in the gym. Um, And I recover from bursts of intense activity in no time. Now that rugby season is approaching, would you take some eight-week TRT break and start test plus Anivar plus T-ball to bring performance up while having higher collagen synthesis too, or just use the test in trend because it's been proven to work?
1: I'm the worst person to ask about this because I don't recommend that in the slightest.
0: What would you recommend for test for like rugby? You
1: know, you know I don't like Trent. Um, I don't think the bang's worth the book for a long-term drug use. Fine for key periods. Yeah. Short, short intense little drops, pre-com, that sort of thing. Yeah, but I'd never look at Trent season
0: ever. Yeah, well, he's getting ready for rugby now. And he's had, I mean, you're going to have great success with it. Although I could see, as somebody mentioned in the comments too, sometimes people get like a reduced cardio effect from Tren. I I haven't noticed that myself.
1: Yeah, a lot do. A lot report that, yeah. Um, I just find Tren too harsh a drug. There's no denying Tren's a very effective drug. No denying it whatsoever. It's all the nandrolones are effective drugs. But out of all the drugs in our arsenal, Tren is probably the one we know the least about. And the one that what we do know about is the most negative.
0: I'll tell him this, that, you know, so if he's going to be playing rugby, which that's a sport we hardly have here, like that's totally um, no, it's, a, a it's UK a, thing.
1: It's American football without pads.
0: Yeah. So, well, in American football, I can tell you that guys can do really well on on lower cycles. You know, and we've talked about this a bunch of times. And what I've suggested is, I mean, low doses. Like I've seen people perform better. With 20 milligrams of Anivar. Like you're gonna get increased performance. One of the things we don't wanna do is put a bunch of extra weight on you that's gonna slow you down on the field. So I would weigh those cost to benefits out. Like I would test is fine, but I wouldn't go crazy with it. I would think more like um almost like a, a test EQ type Anivar thing. I think would be kind of a, a personally a mix I would use like, you know, 300 250, 300 test. 300 EQ and 25 Anivar, something, some, and I'm making that up as I go right now, but something along those lines maybe versus the trend. That's just my take. But I don't know a lot about rugby either.
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't be repeating a trend cycle, that's for sure. Um, there's lots of things you could do. Um, test a little bit of MPP for some joint support or a little bit of decking for some joint support uh, uh, and mast or, or whatever. Um, but I, I definitely wouldn't be uh, moving to repeating the trend again. It, it's The thing is, it's like, I know the response is, well, I feel great on it, performance is great, everything is great. Yeah, and you will do it until it breaks, and then when it breaks, you won't mm. fix.
0: Oh, there you go. I can't argue well, with you, that.
1: There is not. There's very few people out there that can honestly say that they've got to that point where trend breaks their head And it happens to literally literally nearly everybody eventually that their heads get fixed fully. They always have some residual anxiety, some residual paranoia. They learn to cope with it, but it's still there.
0: Oh, this is a comment from when we talked about um, eval um, branching off throughout the world. Phil says, um, first, well, congrats on Dave opening his pizza business. That's what his big announcement was about, right? And then he came up with a little hashtag, little slogan here for you: "Better injections, better Primo Papa Dave's trademark." Yeah, I like that. Do you guys have Papa John's pizza there? Yes, we do. It's yeah, is it good?
1: I don't know. Okay, I'm not really a pizza person. It's one of them foods where I look at it and I think, "Oh, that's gorgeous," and I want this and that, and then I get it, and I'm I'm an, I'm always disappointed.
0: Dave and I ate pizza at Dave's house. Yeah. We I mean, do not eat, eat it,
1: too. but I'm, I'm always disappointed. It never, it never lives up to the to the the sort of advertising. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. What about uh, Cialis? He says, um, "I'm a big fan of Cialis." This is from what, steak and rice. No, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think it's an underrated PED. From the slight blood pressure to estrogen mitigation to the crazy pumps, and of course, the stronger wood. Um, would it be efficacious to take Cialis um, with an oral compound for more effective, to more effectively deliver the drug and nutrients to your muscles? Uh, similarly, would it be effective to help take advantage of natural insulin timing? I think it's a stretch that, that a little Cialis is going to do all these things and make it, it's going to, as Andrew would say, I don't think it's going to move the needle.
1: No, I it's I wouldn't in any way regard CLS as a performance enhancing drug.
0: You can get better pumps. I've seen that, you know? You get better that's
1: not, that's not that's not performance.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you get better pumps, you you get a little blood pressure control. I think those things can all be helpful, but is is are you gonna see a difference? I mean if you enjoy it, you like it, it's helping you out, I say go for it. Don't and expect it, have, it to move the needle.
1: No, and it will have no impact on drug absorption or Particularly oral. Oral absorption is, is very reliant on the stomach rather than anything else. Uh, <coughs> so, no. All I right. think it's short. is that one.
0: All right. Um, oh, this is a fun one. I had some stuff for him on this. Raiden Sky. Um, you talk a lot about peaking for a show. How would you go about uh, when having a photo shoot as a non-competitor at around 7 to 8% body fat? Um, how would the day hours before the shooting look like to ensure that you are your best appreciate all the knowledge your guys putting out seven, 8% body fat. Does Raiden sky have a chance to get leaner? That would be my first thought. But that said, you don't need to be contest lean for a photo shoot. You know that usually the people I work with that do compete will compete and then they'll do a photo shoot the next day. They're fuller. They look bigger, their lower back isn't as tight as it was for the day of the stage. You know, maybe it's even a couple days after the show, but they, you don't necessarily need to do like a gym shoot. It doesn't have to be that absolute nails crisp, crispness, and you can still look really good. Like people can look crazy on Instagram, and they're still not ready. They'll get blown away on stage, you know?
1: I think the thing is as well that when you start looking at water manipulation and carb loads and things like that, It becomes a very hit or miss situation. It is far more likely you will miss your point and actually end up looking worse than it is that you will hit the point and look better. And if you look good anyway, I would just remember what you got. Um, If you don't look good and you're trying to cheat a certain look, then water manipulation can really become a game changer. Um, but it is it is a tricky art to get right. It's very individual-based. I mean, the basic principle is you load up with shitloads of water and salt so that your body starts pissing very, very freely. Then you stop. At the same time, you do a carb deplete. You've got no glycogen. And then you drink carbs back in with a limited water, forcing the glycogen to attach the water and pull everything intramuscular so you appear nice and full. You look bigger, your skin literally shrink-wraps around you. That's the theory. It isn't always quite clear-cut. So it depends (laughs) the risk, because you've got a greater reward. But if you're already looking very good, then I would be sort of tempted to say, you know what, just leave it as is. Maybe do a little bit of a carb load, just because you're going to be flat from dieting. But beyond that, I wouldn't do anything silly.
0: Yeah. If you wanted to do some water manipulation, and let's say you have seven weeks and you're dieting all the way in, you could do some mini water manipulations. Like, number one, you want to, no matter what, you want to track how much water you're drinking. So you could say, if you're drinking a gallon, you could push it up to two and a half gallons for a couple of days and then drop it back down to a gallon. And then the next day, see how you look. See what that did. You know, you could do, like, little things like that. I definitely would not cut water out all the way. I wouldn't use diuretics for this. You know, I'd I'd pretty much like you're saying, Dave, I'd I'd just keep it rolling pretty smooth.
1: The the, the thing is, to be fair, if you're lean, you don't need diuretics. Um, If you're truly lean, you don't need diuretics. If you're using diuretics, you're using diuretics because you're not truly lean and you're trying to create the illusion of being in better condition than you are. And that is the honest truth, really, about it.
0: Well, and at seven, eight percent, they're not going to he's not going to be truly lean, you know, no. which is OK for a photo shoot. Like you could still look freaking awesome, but you do risk if you flatten out some, then you'll look more flat and not have the you know, you want to be fooling around for this thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, What else we got here? All right. Oh, we got a, another kind of related question here. Good day. Scott and Dave, I have a question for the next podcast. I'm a hairy bloke, and I'm sick and tired of shaving. Is there any way to get rid of body hair? I know this is drugs and stuff, but Scott is a bodybuilding competitor, so it would be nice if he could share his secret for godly shaves. Um, You know what they have now are body groomers. You could use one of those, but regardless, if you're hairy you, you know, and you want to get the hair off, you gotta, you gotta do something. I used to, I used to use a body groomer, and then toward the very end, like two weeks, three weeks out, I would use a razor. But I never used a razor in my arms because I'd always get ingrown hairs. So I always used a body groomer.
1: You ever used the, the hair removal creams?
0: No, I, I tried it once, and it I just broke out from it. You you know your skin, it's very irritating to your skin. Some people can do okay with it. You know, I've heard of people waxing. Uh, but, man, that's that, there's no way. I'm not dealing with all that. You know what I'm saying?
1: Acid buff.
0: That'll get rid of it. You'll mm-hmm. be peeled to the bone, Dave.
1: Might be a little bit of scarring, but you definitely have no hair left.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, there's there's no real other option other than shaving. Harry's razors, they work really good. There's been a lot of like jumps in technology with razors, I think. So, I used to use like the Gillette Mach 3. Harry's razors are good now. But listen, I haven't competed in like 5 years at this point. So, I haven't really cared I'm I don't have like the perfect body shave. I'm not going for that at this point. I've heard Dave mention that uh, we've got a couple more here, HDL plummets after doing a test primo cycle Um, I was wondering how long of a TRT bridge should I stay on until my HDL is recovered um, so I can start my next cycle or do I need to come off everything completely including TRT to recover my HDL before I start the next cycle thanks
1: you can recover it on, on TRT as long as your TRT is legit TRT and not 300 mega week TRT um interesting Cuba sent me um a link to a podcast um I may get the health company wrong I think they're called Merck but I might get it wrong Merrick Merrick yeah and I believe they're very good I believe they've got a good team of doctors involved in them uh, and they seem to be very very comprehensive anyway they were interviewing one of the guys from there and he was talking about HDL uh, and he was talking about there are some more recent lipid studies that have suggested, in rat models anyway, that increasing HCL doesn't have a particularly cardiovascular improvement. Um, and he was asking me about this. Now, I don't know, is the honest answer. I mean, science progresses, our understandings change. The, the two ways I look at this is the nature is not wasteful. So if our bodies have HDL, it's there for a reason. Uh, and it's always been believed up to this point for the vast majority that HDL is cardiovascular protective. There is now this study, a few studies that are suggesting that it may not be as impacting on cardiovascular protection as we first thought it was. Hmm. But my argument is quite simple, I would rather be wrong and have high HDL and have wasted my time than be wrong and have low HDL and have fucked my cardiovascular system. Right. So at at this point, I I would definitely say that it's still prudent to work on keeping HDL as elevated as we can until this current research is a little bit more established and we have a better understanding of where we are with it. The other thing is, obviously, those rat models were not – and I don't have a big beef about rat models and being non-comparative to to human models because a lot of our science comes from rat models, Um, and a lot of it does translate. Not always, granted, I get that. Uh, We went into a big
0: thing on Muscle Minds about that. There's a lot of people that are totally against rat models now.
1: Yeah, I get that. But the other thing is, those rats weren't taking a gram of prima. (laughs) Yeah um so that's the big caveat about it all that i'm a bit wary round um so having said that yes you can recover your hdl on trt how long how long's a piece of string you know what are you doing for your hdl recovery are you using supplements are you just using dietary you know just diet etc 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 so it would just be a case of running lipids and, and seeing where they are
0: yeah and um, how long will it take How long will it take to recover? It'll take doing labs because everybody's going to be individual.
1: And the other thing is don't do this, which is, oh, HDL's still low. Give it another three weeks. Oh, HDL's back in range now. I'll start my cycle. Because all you've done is low, 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 one week up, back low. You need some time with a decent HDL level if you want to get some benefit from it. Yeah, uh, and too many people watch their bloods until markers come back in range, and then the moment they come back in range... I'm good. Yes, and they then Trend. do something that has a negative effect on their markers. The The problem with that is that you, when you retrospectively look back at it, mm-hmm. you are spending a large extended period of time with markers in very poor ranges, uh, and obviously that's going to build up to health impacts. So... Uh, you know, you want to get it back up, but you also want some time with it being up. And it might be that you have to do an approach where you do, say, a test and a DHT cycle, which you know is going to be very negative on HDL. You do your TRT, you get your HDL back up, and then you do a cycle that's much less impacting on HDL, maybe test EQ, test ECHO, whatever, Uh, so that you have a cycle with better HDL management, and then you go back to a HDL and DHT cycle where you know the HDL is going to get hammered.
0: And, you know, a couple thoughts here I'll add is um, so as far as the gear goes, you know, we're all going to have our individual response. Right. In different compounds, we're still going to we're each going to have our individual response to those things. We know that orals tend to be harder on HDL. So we can probably say, hey, you know, maybe I want to stay away from orals if I have issues with HDL. You know, maybe (coughs) maybe one guy has terrible problems with Primo. And another guy doesn't. But if you're to monitor your labs to begin with, and manage your cycle so that you don't get them, get your HDL that low to begin with, then you don't have to worry as much about recovering it. You know, trying to be mindful, watching through the cycle so that you don't have to actually recover it because it never went, you know, as bad as it could have. That's one thought. Another thought is, is, you know, I and I agree with you, Dave. So I've heard, this is probably about five years ago now, you know. Well, before that, we had always talked about like supplements to use, right? Supplements to use to improve your HDL. Flushing niacin is the big one. Mm. Got to get the flushing niacin. But the reality is they, they've, they've seen in studies, I guess, that uh, flushing niacin, raising your HDL, has no effect on all-cause mortality, meaning that you may be able to bring your HDL up with flushing niacin, but it doesn't mean that it's going to extend your life. There's no connection to that. Whatsoever. Um, on the other hand, if you were to help to maintain your HDL through eating healthy fats through your diet, making sure your diet has plenty of fiber, you know, you I I would tend to think that supporting HDL that way is probably in the long run gonna be more real. Do you know what I mean? Versus like I- artificially elevating it with niacin, though. I- hey. I'd still want to take the niacin too. Even, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm with you that I'd rather have it high and be safe than, you know, just let it plummet and be like, well, we don't know. So I'll just let it go.
1: I, I think the problem, or one of the problems within the community is that we are very quick to try and supplement problems rather than just lifestyle to problems. Yeah. Uh, and so so many people won't consider increasing oily fish intake or, or, soluble fiber in their diet to help with HDL, but they'll quite happily take citrus bergamot or take krill oil or, and I very often go down the supplement route because I just know it's the way that people will do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, now having said all that, you're not going to stop HDL obliteration through DHT with diet alone. You're going to need more, but, every little bit helps, you know, right. the, the, the more you support it, the more you're preventing it going super low.
0: Yeah. Be mindful. You know what I mean? Mm. Be mindful of the things you can do that could be helpful. All right, let's take one more from Alfonso. We'll switch gears to training. So Alfonso the king of home gyms. He loves his home gym. Any experience with reverse hyper machine? I'm thinking about adding it to my home gym over the leg press. It looks like it will hit the glutes, hamstrings, and the lower back. So this is a question of uh, if you were to add one piece to your home gym, which would you prefer, the leg press or the hi- reverse hyper?
1: The leg press would be for me. Me too, because I can do a reverse hyper on a Hold pulldown.
0: Yeah. Mm. Like, uh, like the broomstick one. Yeah. So
1: you hook your knees on the pad, heels behind the the thigh pads with your back facing the machine. And you could either use a broom or you could actually use the weight stack and hold (sighs) and use that to counterbalance your weight as you go forward and back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I'd go with the leg press as well, man. Here's my thought is that my goal is bodybuilding. And in a home gym, leg exercises are going to be very, very hard to come by to have Mm -hmm. variety. And, um, you know, no matter what, too, no matter how your low back is feeling, no matter how trashed you are, you can still get on a leg press. So, even if you're having a bad week, leg press is there. You can only do so much with a home gym for legs. I feel like legs is something where you need more equipment. If you are like a functional guy and you don't really care about developing your legs, um, then maybe the reverse hyper might be better for you because I do think you're going to get like more overall, like functional strength out of it, you know?
1: The thing is, the modern Reverse Hyper is, is a big bit of kit. Yeah. But if you go to the old-school ones, the, just the, literally the old-school Hyper extension benches, they are actually quite small bits of kit, and you can fit one of those in, and you can make it do.
0: They do have, like, um, I think Westside came out with, like, a, a home version of the Reverse Hyper that is more compact and more affordable. Well, the, uh, the original
1: ones... you a flat pad two handles either side that you rested your waist on and then
0: yeah hyper extension
1: yeah the old hyper extension you can use that to do reverse hypers on it's not quite the same movement but it's close damn north
0: yeah you're using your you're pivoting your upper body versus your lower body right yeah but you can you can definitely get something out of that Yeah. yeah All right. Let me see. Did I miss anything else here in the live stream? We had a lot of comments today. Um, tch, tch, tch. All right. Cool. I guess that uh, we got everything we could. Did I? Oh, you know what? Um, I don't know about this one. Um, how long is bacteriostatic water good for? Can you use sodium chloride for HCG um, if you can't find bacteriostatic water? I believe Nevin's in Canada. Um, I can tell you how to make bacteriostatic water. You need benzyl alcohol. I think it's 0.06%. And you need sterile water. So if you were to buy, um, um, what's that called? What's the water called that has the minerals removed from it from the grocery store? I forget the name of it. It's not sterile water, but you would have to run it through. It's the, the water that it, it's been boiled, distilled. You need more. distilled water. You need a 22 micron filter that you would run that through, and then you would add in, I believe it's .06. But, Nevin, if you really were to do that, let me know, and I could find the actual legit instructions. Um, Other than that, I, I would think that sterile water, I don't know how long it lasts, but the only way it could go bad would be if you were to puncture it and add some sort of bacteria
1: well, that's the whole thing about backwater is that it has benzoyl alcohol in it, which maintains its sterility, whereas sterile water doesn't. So if you add a contaminant, it becomes contaminated.
0: Yeah. Whereas I meant to say backwater, backwater. I don't know how long backwater you, is good for is what I meant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when if you add backwater, the idea with backwater is because it has benzoyl alcohol in it, it is resilient yeah. to an introduced bacterium.
0: Yeah. So you'd probably be good for some time, but if you needed to, I've done that before. I've made bacteriostatic water. I've made acetic acid before as well for injection. All right. Right. We We appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of Drugs and Stuff. Literally, hit up Dave for the next Pillars of Strength. Also, go to evalbloodanalysis.com. You can get your lab work done by Dave. Check out our sponsors. I mentioned it before. Probably have a commercial in the middle of this. And we appreciate everybody tuning in on the live stream. If you have any questions you want to throw out for the next show, let us know. Comment on YouTube. McNallyDiets at gmail.com to hit me up for coaching. Hit Dave up on Instagram or on Facebook. And everybody, we will see you soon. Thanks, Dave.